0: even for something in your life right now and you're believing by faith that God's gonna do it come on can we join together right now Lord I thank you that God you said it and it's your word that we lean into and God today we are reminded of that in worship that you are the one who sits on the throne and with you when we have you come on somebody help me we have enough amen when we have Your presence, Lord, so I just pray that You'd be in this room, God, as we uh, get into the words. We dive into what You want to say today. That it be a continuation of our faith being built in this atmosphere. So as we've worshipped You and as we've lifted Your name, we've been reminded: You're Jehovah Jireh, our Provider. You're more than able. You're a conqueror, our Victor. You've already won the battle on the cross. And because of that, now we stand free in Jesus' name. So right now we receive all that you did on the cross. I just pray and release healing in Jesus' name. Whether it be physical, mentally, or spiritual, we release that healing by the blood and the power of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We love you, Lord. Now speak to us with your word, Lord, as we dive in. I pray that you would help us become the change makers you designed us to be. And everybody believed with me and said, come on, and everybody said a big old amen. Amen. Can you give it up for our change kids as they make their way to their class? We love our change kids, elementary to fifth grade. I'm excited to be in the house of God. How y'all feeling? Feeling good? You having a good summer so far? How many are grateful that it's not 100 billion degrees out this week? Come on, somebody. I feel like you can get hot with that humidity. There's no better place to be than the house of God today. How many are expecting God to do something in your life this morning? Yeah. I am believing God to do something in you. Whether it's your first time or 50 billionth time in change, welcome out. Can we give our, a round of applause to everybody that's a first time here in the building today? Those online, can we make sure they feel welcome? Hey, it's great to have you in change. Make sure you fill out a VIP form if this is your first time. We'd love to connect with you and make it more than just a weekend experience, but really dive into what God wants to do in your life by doing life together. Hey, we're in a brand new series called The Age of the Counterfeit. Come on, y'all. How many are excited to talk about some AI in the building? Oh, yeah. I'm excited to dive in and look at how God's word directs our path in what I believe to be one of the greatest ages. As we are seeing technology meet new levels and past new barriers. We're seeing a whole new world being formed, new age that we're walking into. We wanted to have this conversation as the church to see how do we as the church walk into this age and be empowered? How has God designed us for this age? How has God designed us to be the, the light in the world? How has God designed us to be the power and the wisdom in the middle of this. Are you ready to dive in? Let's go. All right, can you turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25? We're going to look at Matthew chapter 25. Starting in verse 1. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look! The bridegroom is coming! Come out and meet him! All the bridesmaids got up, And prepared their lamps. When the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. One of the things I notice about this time of technology and all the The language bots with chat GBT and the AI. And we have to realize that we've been in this age for a while. And now is it being more pronounced and more defined? But I mean, if you think back, we've been in this. We've all encountered AI to a point with uh, Instagram giving us our feed and Facebook giving us a stream of what we should be looking at or what we know to be something a part of our desires and wants. I want to talk today about how do we be the church? How do we come about and be those that are navigating healing, counting the cost of creativity, and also being the church of power in the midst of a world of counterfeit? There are very forms of Technology, and believe me, I'm the first one, me and Ashley are the first ones to say we love technology. How many love technology when it works? All right. We always make a joke like whenever we show up and things are wonky with the Wi-Fi or things aren't hooking up connected, you know, your Bluetooth won't work or you're trying to do something and technology is just winning the battle that day. It's like, all right, I love tech when it works. But when it works, it can be a joy, man. It can, it can make you do more than you ever could before It can streamline things. It can take a lot of time, especially as now we're getting into where search engines are becoming so uh, intelligent. And now you can, uh, you know, look for a word and find the meaning and find all the different, I mean, studying the Bible has never been easier than today. Because now you can say, well, where in the Bible does it talk about love? And you got a million pages on love in the Bible. Or you can say, hey, how do I forgive? And all of a sudden, you got pages and pages of what the Word of God tells us about forgiveness. It's a beautiful age to be in, but I think the biggest thing that we have to be cautious of as the church is we don't get complacent in the place of the counterfeit. Because what I believe is that with this is when we start to lean in, and we've seen this uh, throughout when technology takes place in our lifetime and I remember when the iPhone first came out and it wasn't a dumb phone, it was a smartphone. And all of a sudden, texting was like nothing. Now you can FaceTime. Now you can search the web. Now you can do all these apps. Anybody old enough to remember when apps weren't a thing? Yes. And all of a sudden, there was an app for that. If something that you wanted to do and you wanted to make it more efficient, there was an app for that. And they created that. And what it did was, it created this culture where we were intolerant of boredom now all of a sudden you don't have to be bored all you have to do is pull out your little handy dandy cell phone and now you can go anywhere in the world you can scroll your stream you can listen to any type of music watch movies play games talk to any one of your loved ones And now your tolerance for boredom is zero. Do you ever walk around and see anybody bored these days? I don't. Anywhere, you're in a waiting room. You remember the waiting rooms? And you were like hoping their magazine selection was good? Am I the only one? Come on, how many in the room remember life before smartphones? Where you're like, man, what do I do? I got to look at my neighbor and discuss and conversate to, to go past the time of waiting. Now it's like we have no tolerance for boredom. If we're sitting more than 30 seconds, woo, let's get some abs. Like, come on, i got to stroll something. i got to stream something. I need to be doing something. The airplane, when you get in the plane, when you're getting ready to go, it's like everybody's got their devices out watching movies. It's an amazing time we're in, but it can create this intolerance for things. And What we have to realize is that we as humans, we need boredom. Because boredom is the place where creativity flows. Boredom is the space where you think outside the box of where you are currently. And I just have to say, if we're not careful, what this can become is something where our tolerance for where creativity flows becomes something that we don't tolerate at all. And so we have to be cautious as a church because we've been through this where now we don't tolerate boredom and now we're getting into the age of the digital butler, right? Now we push a button, And all of a sudden, we get all the information we need. Now that ChatGBT is helping write essays, right? I was just reading an article about schools and what they're going to do to navigate ChatGBT. Because now you have to wonder, did the kid write it or did ChatGBT write it? Right? Is that work theirs? Is it original or is it something that the computer came up with? And now we have to navigate this whole new world of the digital butler, I say, who cares? I mean, no big deal. So we're not bored. That's no big deal. But I believe that it's a direct—if we're not careful, it's a direct defiance and a direct argument to who you are as a creative. And we go back to the beginning, and when we look at God, our Father, we look at Him as the one who created us in His image. And when He created us in His image, He created us to create— And we're the only beings who create. Did you know that? Human beings are the only beings who create. There's other beings on the world, and they can can replicate. And even you see the technology with AI. It's amazing. I mean, you can write 50 emails in seconds by just putting in the topic and what you want to talk about. You can search the entire Bible libraries. I have this one software right now that will go through the entire Bible and all the commentaries within seconds and find the meanings and passages of Scripture that go together. It's incredible what, what takes place. But if we're not careful, the digital butler can become a place where now we become intolerant. We become intolerant of the inner inconvenience. They were doing a study with how people are navigating just everything, just even with with apps and cell phones. And they found that the attention span has gone from somewhere like 20, 30 seconds to now less than four seconds is our attention span. And it's crazy because if you think about time and space, you think the time it takes to process something and to chew on it is the space where stuff is formed and dreams are had, right? And ideas are generated. But if we take away that time to process and the attention span to listen and to sit, to sit, I believe that we're coming into a time where, where people are afraid to sit. There's sometimes where I'm even like, oh, it's too quiet. I need something flowing. Now, we're big advocates of music in the house, music in the cars. If you're with our family for more than 20 seconds, you're going to hear some form of music, mostly country, because my wife is a huge country fan. Now, she was super generous on this road trip, and she allowed other music genres to take over the car, which we were like, the Lord is doing something in her heart. She is allowing you know, generosity of flow even in that aspect of our life. But a lot of times we'll have music flowing or something, and, and there's, there's something to do with having space and time to process, to lean in, and to listen. I, I want to look at uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Put your finger in Matthew, because we're coming back to that. Romans chapter 1 verse 21 says, for even though they knew God, everybody say knew God. Now the word they use here is not to know in relationship. Uh, So I can say like I know Ashley and that knowing is deeper than just knowing about Ashley. And the word they're actually using here is to know about God. So when he says they, even though they knew God, they're they're saying that they even knew of about God so for even they though they knew God they did not honor him as God or give thanks but they became futile in their reasonings and their senseless hearts were darkened claiming to be wise they became fools and they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image everybody say image They traded. They exchanged. They gave something for something. And even though they knew about God, they didn't know God. They didn't honor God for who he was. And I want to challenge us today to fight the fight for creativity and not to give in for the counterfeit. I believe there will be a time where the church is going to rise to become the source of truth and genuine light. And there will be a time that the only thing that will set apart those that walk with Christ and those that aren't is the power of the Lord. It won't be a gathering. It won't be a praise session. It won't be a language it won't be a, a, an organization that you're a part of. No, it will be the power of God that flows through our lives. And so we must fight the fight to stay in the space where we know God. And that's why this is so important that we don't give in to. And that's why technology isn't what we're talking about here. It's talking about the counterfeit that we think we're getting fed by something, that we think we're, we're leaning into learning. But if we don't allow the time to process and to to soak in who God is and what he's saying, if we just pass on by and we're not okay with the inner inconvenience of sitting on something and not knowing something and trying to solve something, then we will actually detour from the path that God has us on to know him, to honor him, and to walk in power and in light. And so we have to lean into, he says, those that even knew God, but they didn't honor him. They claimed to be wise, but became fools and exchanged the glory of God for an image. Now we have to put this on the table. Because I believe that we can serve a God that we know about without actually serving God. You can know about God. You can know about his promises. We can sing all the songs about faith and more than Abel, and he's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You can have all the language down, and you can know about God without actually serving God. Am I right? And we have to put this on the table because... If we're not careful, we can become those that just walk alongside of God instead of walking with God. We can be following him from a distance when he's calling us to hold his hand. We can be knowing about God and what he does and even being around those who know God without knowing him ourselves. This is why the age of the counterfeit is so important that we realize who we are as the church because what the world needs is those that know the Father. Not know about God, not show up to church and listen to something about God, but know him intimately. Know him as Father. Know him as judge. Know him as lover and know him as friend. Know him as the one who carries us and know him as the one who blazes the trail. Noah is the one on the cross, and Noah is the one who rose from the dead. Noah is the one who took the stripes so that we know what we're walking in. The world needs us alive in creativity. And when I say creativity, I mean what the Lord has formed us in. And we talked about this in our last series, Soul Improvement. When we talked about making spaces in our lives where we are growing, where it's purpose filled growth where we are leaning into what God wants to do because we're the church and we usher in. We talk about the power of our words and where we literally create life or death when we speak. So when I I say creativity, I mean all sorts of ideas, all sorts of, of things that we encourage with, that we speak life into. The church is a powerful agent where we can do so much with what God has put on the inside of us. But it comes from a space of knowing God. It comes from a space of sitting with him and studying his character. Of reading the word and staying on it. And not trading the glory for an image. And this is the danger. This is what, this is what I want to talk about today. The fight is real for your original creativity. The fight is real for your original ideas the fight is real for your genuine love not convenient love your genuine unconditional love there's a fight for it there's a fight to get you off of a space of being in forgiveness you feel it y'all yeah, we live in philly right people are high high strung sometimes there's a lot that can go on that can cause us to get off kilter. And if we're not plugged into the Father, how many know it's so easy to just go right into the world's fight? <laughs> it's like, all right, gloves are coming off. <laughs> it's like the, the, the fight for that, that's above the flesh and blood now it became flesh and blood. Let's go. And it's so important that we as the church, we fight for the original creativity that God has put inside of us. We don't lean into the counterfeit. Because the counterfeit can fill the void for right now. We can, we can put on a song, and, and it, it feels good for a moment, right? You could put on a happy mix. I love the happy playlists. They're great. Whoever curates the Spotify playlist, cheers to you. You rock. When you say happy, you mean happy. I turn it on, I'm like, mm, yeah, mm, mm, mm. You know, it's the beat that feels good. And you want to just put sunglasses on and go outside, and it's like, man, yeah. It's like rainy day. You put it on, it's like, oh. I'm sitting in the rain. Yeah. Just feels so good. And there's some things that can be the quick fix for us. And especially as we get into the age of the digital butler where we're pushing buttons and things are popping and things are happening instantly. And especially as it sophisticates and becomes more and more so to where our houses become smart houses and things become so quick that we are now intolerant of the inconvenience. We're intolerant of the moments of sitting and being frustrated with this and working through something. That we can now put God in a box of relationship that has to be a quick fix. And we start praying prayers like, God, now. I want to see it now. I want to see you succeed in my life today. If you don't do within this time, you're not truly God. And we start praying prayers off of the inconsistency of the intolerance of inconvenience. Because God, you are, you need to be my digital butler. Now you, I need to see you now, here, when I want it. And that's all we have to fight. It's to fight that space of not being okay with inconvenience. Because we realize that inconvenience is where we grow. It's in the valley that we produce. It's not on the mountaintop. It's in the valley. It's when we're going through trials that we produce character, right? In Proverbs, right, it talks about that. Where it's, it says when you go through trials, it produces character, it produces endurance, right, which produces just, uh, uh, it helps us be glorified in God, caught up in the righteousness of Christ. Where does that all come from? Trials, the inconvenient, the times where it feels like it's dry, it's desert. Now, I'm not going to sit up here and lie and say, oh, I love the trials. I love the valley. I'm so holy that I just look at every trial. with." That's the Lord. I'm not going to lie to you. I hate valleys. I hate going through a time where I feel like it's dry. I don't like it. I, I, I don't like it at all. I don't like it when I get up and I read the word. I'm like, oh, I mean, okay. It was okay. It was good. But, like, where, where was the... The moment, right? Where was the... Where was the... Oh, i got to write that in my journal. Where was that? Lord, where are you? Like, like, And when I'm facing something and I want an answer, I don't like it when I don't get answers. I don't like it when I'm praying things and not seeing the outcome. And so we have to have this on the, the balance of, of saying... How, Lord, do we not trade your glory for an image of your glory? How do we not trade your presence for a checklist of being religious? How do we not trade your love and forgiveness for something that's mainstream and looks like we all just care and do something? But how do we be okay with the inconvenient? How do we be okay with the boredom? How do we be okay with those moments where we need to learn and grow and lean in? It's so good. I think about the ten virgins and how we see them waiting for the bridegroom. And so they all have their lamps, right? They all have their lamps because it's late at night, and the bridegroom's coming late at night. And so they're all sitting there, and five are foolish, and five are wise. So five's got extra oil, and five don't. And here comes the bridegroom. Unexpected. He had delays. How many know the Lord's timing is never your timing? I mean, I wish it was. I wish it was my timing, but it it never is. It's perfect timing, but yet it never lines up with my calendar. It never lines up with my agenda. I have to ask you a question. Will you be okay... If the Lord delays. If the Lord delays his answer to you, will you be okay with that? Will you be okay with the the inconvenience of the moment of not knowing? And what we can learn from the ten virgins is we need to prepare to keep our lamps burning. I want to talk about gauges that we can gauge if we're staying spiritually healthy in this time. Because here's what I believe. I believe that I know that we're coming into the age of the counterfeit where we're going to see a lot of things. And, and we, we read in Revelations about all the things that are coming with, you know, all the signs and the times of the season. And the Lord says, hey, you'll, you won't know the time of my coming. Only the Father in heaven knows. But you can be wise to know the times. You can be wise to see the seasons so what I want to do is make sure that we as a church, make sure that we as Christ followers stay healthy. Well, How do you do that in the age of the counterfeit? How do you do that when all around looks like it's health, but might be just counterfeit health? It might just be counterfeit in what we actually need. So I want to look at three gauges that we can gauge our spiritual health off of. The first gauge I want to look at is the gauge of Connection. The gauge of connection. Now we went on a road trip. And we were driving back from Kansas City. We went and saw Ashley's family. We just had a great time at grandparents' camp. If you all have kids and you go to grandparents' camp. Because grandparents take them to do all the fun stuff. We got some grandparents in the building. Nana in the house. But when we were on our way back, we had stopped halfway because it's an 18-hour drive, and we used to be crazy enough to do the whole thing in one time, but now we have matured and <laughs> gotten a little older and wiser. So we, we break it in two, and so we stopped overnight, and the next day we get in the car and we're driving, we crank up again the music and get the beats going, we're ready to go for the day. We got about seven hours left, and all of a sudden we realize The air conditioning is not working, and it's getting hot. And now we're feeling the vents. You know how you do, and you go through all the settings. You're like, is it max? Is it max AC? Is it all the way cold? We're yelling back, and the weird thing about it was, Anae's air was working in the back. She had a little climate control back there. She's like, you guys should have sat in the back. You know Anae, she has no no grace for those moments. (laughs) She's like, I told you. Should have been back here. What we realized was that the AC wasn't working. So we're like trying to figure it out. We pull off to the side of the road, and we we stopped at a Kia deal, and we realized that the, the refrigerant was gone. Now, there's this refrigerant, and it has like a little gauge on it you can see. And what your car needs is enough PSI going through your system in order to have enough refrigerant for the heat and the elements. Now, when we hooked this thing up to our uh, AC system, we realized that it was on E. Something had caused all of the refrigerant overnight to leak and to go away. Now, we stopped in Kia and they, they tore all the, everything and took all the refrigerant out and figured out that this is what's going on. We didn't know it from the outside. We just heard sounds. We're like, oh, this is weird. And we felt that there was no AC. Gauges are to show you. They're to show you where you are currently. Now, gauges can show you when you're getting a little off or when you're all the way off. That's why it's very important to have gauges in your life to realize if you're healthy or if you're getting a little off. How many know it's easier to catch yourself when you're one degree off than when you go off the cliff. It's easier. And that's why they put guardrails up on the highways, right? Because when you hit the guardrail, you're not in trouble in trouble, but you've hit a spot where you realize that you're a little off of the path. And we all need gauges in our life to realize, all right, have I gotten a little off? So the first gauge is the gauge of connection. And when I say connection, I mean with God and with people. The Bible says don't neglect the gathering, right? Don't neglect the gathering together. Let me tell you how important church is for you. Now, when we say church, a lot of us have different definitions of what that means. But when Jesus first came to the earth, and he had his disciples, and he showed us a model of what church was. You know what church was? People gathering together, doing life together. That's what it was. It was people questioning and processing together. Now let me tell you this, health comes from being connected. Health comes from being in that space of conversation with each other, being able to process with each other. I think about our groups and how we have the back to the basics group, and in that group is individuals who want to get closer to God. And so in that group you have questions and processes and things that people are asking that are on the same page but going through this different things and so they're navigating it together there's power and health in that you don't have to know all the answers when you're connected you don't have to know all the answers to life when you're connected with god the source so you can know your health by knowing how's my connections how are my connections am i connected with god how is my connection with god Is it just something where I know about God? Or when's the last time I had a conversation with him and I sat in the inconvenience of maybe not hearing him right away? Or when was the last time that I sat with somebody and we went deeper than just surface conversation? There have been times in my life where I'll sit down and realize, I'm not healthy. I need to connect with people more. I'm not healthy. I need to connect with my wife more. I'm not healthy, I need to connect with my kids more. Why? There's health in that connection. Sometimes we just get so busy that we just are okay with the high bye. How you doing? Good? All right, bye. The the quick connections on the weekend at church. It, it can be become so so we we are used to it that our connection level is right up here and it shows unhealthy. But when your gauges are a little off, you can get connected again. Get connected with God. You go deeper in your relationship. How's, I would like to ask the question, where's your depth in relationships? Not just how are you connected with people, but where's your depth? When's the last time you went deep with somebody? When's the last time you went deep with God in your prayer life? Or is it very like, you know, r- ritual and religion when it comes to your prayers with God? Are you okay just to process with them and say, God, I don't know. God, I'm dealing with this scripture and I don't understand it. Or processing with someone and saying, hey, I'm going through something. Or even do the other side and saying, what can I pray with you about? How can I walk with you on this? It's depth in your relationships. It's connections. The second gauge is the gauge of intake. The gauge of intake. Now, I can't stress this one enough. I, I want to say it's the most important, <laughs> even though I know they're all super important. the the gauge of intake, let me tell you, we need to be reading and digesting the Word of God. This is our steering. This is our helm of the ship. This is the way we are going to navigate all the days ahead. And without this, without intaking the Word of God, without reading it and knowing it, without memorization and And putting it in your spirit. David said it like this. He said, I hide the word. Without hiding the word in your heart, without getting this thing inside of you, you will fall for anything. You will fall for anything. And it's not on you. It's not because you're a weak person. But it's because you have nothing steering the ship. You have nothing guiding The Lord gave us the word of God. So I have to ask you, how's your intake? That's a gauge you have to look at and say, how is my intake? How much of the word of God am I getting in my my life? When's the last time I I memorized God's word? Got it in my heart. The Bible says that the word of God is a light into our our path, right? A lamp into our feet. So when you think about a dark room or a dark world that we go through, the only thing that's going to light it up is the Word of God. I can't tell you how many times in our family we've navigated situations where we've had to go back to the Word of God and get truth in the moment. There were times where we were in the hospital, and when we first got married, it was, it was a big struggle. I mean, Ashley was in and out of the hospital. We didn't know what was going on. So it was a lot of confusion, a lot of, I would even say, anxiety was filling our home because we didn't know. The doctors were saying things like, you you should say goodbye to your wife and all these things. And I'm like, yikes. And in that moment, it's very easy to fall for anything. To be like, oh, it's no good. Oh, we're not going to make it. All these things can cloud our, our minds. And it's only in the word of God that we navigate those dark periods. That we say, wait, what does the word of God say for us? That though the message might be fatal, The message might be futile, but what does the word of God say for the children of God, right? What can we lean into to build our faith in this moment? And I want to encourage you in your home to get the word of God, to get some scriptures that you hold on to and principles that you can rely on to say this is what we stand on as a family. This is what we're going to base our life on. I look around this room and there's those that are just getting into marriage, those that have been married for years, those that are navigating the single life, those that are navigating travel, those that are making transitions, those that have navigated storms. I mean, all of your story is, is impressive to see where you are. The Lord can lead and guide those situations wherever you are. That's the beauty about the Word of God is that when we apply it, it applies to all situations. It applies to every form of our life. Everything that we are navigating, it can apply to it. So it's the gauge of intake. To to gauge, all right, how much of the world am I intaking? How much of God am I intaking? And this will help us in the age of the counterfeit to know, you know, in, in banks, when they train employees, they have them touch money constantly. And in the training, They they go through money, 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 money. And then what they do is they hide a counterfeit bill in the middle of a stack of real money. What they want to do is they want to train the person that's working there to know the counterfeit just by touching it. Because the paper doesn't feel right. Right? And when they get to that one, they want them to say, oh, this one feels weird. You're right, because that's counterfeit. That's what we need to do with the word of God when we get so much of him in us. We're touching the truth nonstop. We're going through the truth for our lives, the truth for our futures, the truth for our families, the truth of where we're supposed to be. And then when counterfeit comes in, we're like, no, nah, that's not right. No, no, that's fake. There's something about that. I can't put my finger on it, but it's different. It's not aligned with what's true. How many want to want to base your life on truth? Come on. It's the gauge of intake. The last gauge I want to talk about this morning in in closing is the gauge of desire. The gauge of desire. See, the first gauges are things you do and that you can change. The third thing is the outcome of those first two things. Because connection with God and connection with people create a desire for God and for people, right? In taking the word of God, intaking who he is through his word, will create a desire for more of him. But this is a gauge we have to look at and say, what are we desiring right now? If I were to ask you right now, what's your biggest desire? What's your biggest dream right now? What are you going after? Where are you on your gauge? And if we look at it and we say, okay, how much of God am I desiring right now? How much of him am I wanting? Am I pursuing the calling on my life? Or am I just pursuing my plan? It's a desire thing. It's how much am I desiring to be with people? I can know, I can know right away if I'm unhealthy by the things that I desire. If I desire to be alone and just to get things done, I know I'm unhealthy. I need to get my my life back on track. I need to get my connections right. I need to get my intake right. Because when those things are right, then my gauge of desire goes way up. Then I want God. Then I want people. Then I want to go after his presence. I want to go after what he's doing on the earth. And not just be okay to know about God, but to know God. In 2 Timothy, I close with this. 2 Timothy chapter 3. This gives us a a navigating thing for the word of God and how to put it in our lives. The first part is verse 1 through 5. And it says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous. You notice how all of these things are the opposite of what Christians are called to be, right? This is how we know what's counterfeit and what's not. It's without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And right there is where you can see, is your desire the lover of the world, pleasures, stuff that brings you fulfillment in life, or is your desire for God? And then jump to verse 14. Because that just shows us where the world's headed. In verse 14, it gives an instruction to us. And this is one you can write down and highlight. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14 says this. But as for you, come on, look at your neighbor and say you. This is for you. so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped. Everybody say equipped. So the servant of God can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is what me and Ashley, the team here at Change, are praying over you and our church and our families, is this, that we become equipped as the church to walk into every situation, to go No matter where we go in our jobs, in our homes, in our workspaces, in our schools. And we are equipped to deliver the glory of God. My prayer for you is that you are so filled up with the word of God. That no matter what comes your way, you base your life on the the solid rock. The foundation of who Jesus is. That you're not shaken by the counterfeit the enemy wants nothing more than to give us counterfeit love and counterfeit acceptance and counterfeit christianity and that was good enough and that was that was whatever that that's religion that's okay you can stop there the enemy would love nothing more for you to set this on the shelf and say you know what i'm i'm good i got my sermon I got my worship, I got my whatever, and so I'm good for the day. No, my friend, let me tell you, don't be complacent in that space. Go deep in the word of God. Get this inside of you so that you can stand upon the word and say, as for me and my house, this is the promises that we're working on. This is the foundation that we stand upon, that our house won't fall to the side when storms come, but we're built on a solid rock. This is what the Lord wants for us. As we walk into this age of the counterfeit, that we fight for the original creativity God has given us, that we fight to be consistent in the Word of God, that we be diligent and disciplined to stand on what he said, to sit in the midst of it, and to study it, and to say, Lord, I know you're not done yet. I know what you said and what you started, you're fulfilling in my life, even through this trial even through what I'm facing, even through what I'm going through, Lord, you are doing it. I love Isaiah because he says, the Lord is the potter and we are the clay, right? He's forming us in his hands. And when we, when we give ourselves to God, when we connect with him, and connect with his word, we intake who he is, he forms us to make us who we need to be. Because in his hands, we become beautiful vessels that can carry his glory without him we are a lump of clay without him we are wonky and going through life and just bumping into things and falling for everything but in the hands of the potter he wants to form us and create us and make us strong vessels to walk in the fullness of christ i want to pray for us today i want to spend some time as sean comes And we're gonna worship. I wanna open up this altar. And I wanna ask you to do today is to make the decision to say, Lord, I wanna plug in, I wanna go deeper. And wherever you are in your faith, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, listen, I love God, I love Him so much, I'm reading the Word. You know what? In this time, I wanna go deeper. Or maybe you're in this room and you say, Pastor, listen, I, I don't, I'm not in relationship, I'm not deep as you say. I probably know about God. Hey, today you can make that decision to come into relationship with Him. Maybe you've even grown cold in your relationship with God, but today you can say, I don't just want to serve God from a distance. I don't just want to know about God. But today I want to know Him personally. I don't want to give in to the counterfeit. I don't want to give in to just playing church. But I want to walk in knowing my Father, walking hand in hand. As Sean said today, the yoke, that he carries the burden with us. He does life with us. We don't do it alone. As we worship, I want to open up this altar. If you want to come, I want to pray with you and cover you today. As you make that decision to say, Lord, I want to go deeper in you. And that this this whole collection of, of talks that we're going to be doing on on AI and getting healthy and the cost of creativity. We're going to be going all over the place. We're going to have some fun with this series. But in the start of it, you say, all right, this journey is going to be one that I go deeper, that I know him more. And then as we come into, coming into maybe an age that maybe he's not patient enough to wait on the Lord. I want to, Increase my tenacity, endurance, patience. However you want to say it. I want to increase it so I can sit and soak and listen and lean in. Because let me tell you, God's got stuff to tell you. God's got stuff to say to you. God wants to release something in his word for you. God wants you to be sitting there soaking in and say, oh, that's for me. Oh, wait, that's for my neighbor. Wait, Oh, that's for that person at church. Oh, that's for my wife. Oh, that's for my kids. God wants you to soak it in so that you can become a vessel of life. I believe in this for you. That today, as you plug in, say, Lord, come. Be my God. Be my Lord. Let me not just know you from a distance, but let me know you in relationship. If that's you, come on. Would you stand to your feet? Come on down as we worship Him today make that decision make that declaration for yourself and say hey i'm on a journey right now and i want to go deeper i want to know him more i want to get the word in my spirit and sometimes that takes us just taking a step of faith say lord here i am here i am i don't know all the answers and i don't even know how to make this thing all go let me encourage you if you're jumping into relationship Hey, we got a resource center up there with some amazing books to go deeper in your faith with God, to walk the journey. And I want to encourage you, do it with somebody. But if that's you, I want you to come today. Come on, come on. And you can just lift up both hands and surrender to who he is and what he wants to do in your life.